We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. Rep the Mavs Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, no, we gotta get back. Rep the Mavs Step Back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at. No, we gotta get back, like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson, uh, who is soon to be out of uh, Twitter jail, we hope. Uh, we got some good news the other day. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but, Matt, uh, after beating the best team in the league, uh, in the Utah Jazz, the Mavs turn around in, uh, I mean, typical Mavs fashion for the last two years, you know, playing down to their competition in the Houston Rockets, and they uh, they lose 102 to 93 in Houston. Uh, it was it was pretty deflating. Luca had a really bad shooting night, nine of 26. Uh, KP, I mean, he had a good shooting night for his standards. You know, 10 of 19 from the field, two of four from three. Uh, and he had a good bit of rebounds too, but he just wasn't really a factor down the stretch. And he showed frustration with that in the post game presser. What do you take away from that uh, from that Mavs game? I mean, it was it just uh, was it just your you know let down night? Just one of those weird losses that you see during uh, the course of an NBA season, or should we be looking more into this? Well, I think if it was any other team, you'd have to just chalk it up as a bad loss. Um, but since it's the Mavericks, you know, this is why the, the whole thing about the back half of the schedule being so easy doesn't matter to me because yeah. they can lose games like this on any given night. And they didn't just lose. I mean, they lost by, what was it, nine 
Yeah, it was not. 102 to 93 or something like that. So, And they fell down I mean, by 13 or 14 points at one point, too. I mean, it, it was it was really close to uh, the Rockets running away with it. Yeah, and that's the worst team in the NBA. They had lost 24 of 26. They're playing terrible basketball. It's maybe Steven Silas just knows how to play against the Mavs. That could be a thing. I don't know. But well, they also got Kelly Olinick and DJ Augustine, which I didn't even realize that going in. And then when I found out about that right before the game tipped off, I was like, Are you are you kidding me? Like two of the two of the notorious Mavs killers over the years are both on the same team now. And then John Wall, he was out for an extended period of time, and he made his return, went for 31 points. So, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's a lot of things. And, I mean, obviously the Rockets, they they have no pressure whatsoever. Uh, they're tanking this season. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I, I think – I'm not worried about the Mavs the rest of this season, Matt. Um in the regular season, but I am getting to the point where I'm kind of accepting uh, that they might, you know, the play-in thing might just be their fate at this point. Yeah, and I heard an interesting take on that today, and I want to get your opinion on it. And I think you probably know where I stand. Um, it was on – everyone knows probably at this point that I um, I work for 105.3 The Fan as well. And um, one of the radio hosts this morning said that it was a good loss – because uh, no, <laughs> no, it, it was the worst loss of the season. I'd, I'd put it up there because he would rather, instead of playing the Clippers, play, uh, risk the playing game in round one. And if they lose that in round two, and maybe face either the Suns or the Jazz, whichever. And I was just, I was sitting there listening to it, and I was just like, what? No, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe the Jazz. I mean, I if KP is playing like he should be, then I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see that because they do a good job defending Donovan Mitchell. But the Suns, I don't want any part of that Suns team at all. I'd much rather play the Clippers than either of these teams because yeah, <laughs> like proved last year they could play with the Clippers and they're a better team this year. So I don't know. It's and one of the Clipper. Clippers players that usually kills the Mavs isn't there anymore in, in Harrell. So I'd feel much more confident against, uh, against the Clippers. It's just, I feel like, you know, they're basically, you know, reserved to their fate at this point. It's going to be either the Suns or the Jazz because they can't win games like this. And I mean, it, and look, games like last night, it makes you, I mean, you say it's likely going to be the, the Jazz or the Suns. And I mean, I, I agree with that if it comes to a play-in scenario. But games like last night makes you worry about the play-in because, you know, we found out how the play-in works. It's a three-game system. It starts off with the seven seed playing the eight seed. Winner of that secures the seven seed. And then the loser will play the winner of the nine and the ten seed. <laughs> and then the winner of that gets the eight seed. So It's so dumb. It is. It's so dumb. It, you know, they should have it. And I talked about it with a couple guys yesterday about this on Twitter. But what it should, if they're going to do a play in, it needs to be just to where, you know, th there needs to be a certain number of games 
between the ninth seed and the eighth seed to trigger a play-in. If there's too much of a distance, then it shouldn't even factor in. But there needs to be like a certain – like if if the if the ninth seed is within two games of the eighth seed uh, at the end of the season, then you have a play-in with just the eight and the nine seed. But going to the tenth seed and then potentially, you know, having it to where the seventh seed gets, you know, knocked out of the playoffs, even if they're – I think the Mavs are like a full eight games ahead of the 10th seed right now. I mean, that's ridiculous, man. That I don't like that at all. And and what we saw with the Mavs playing, you know, they play down to their competition. So, I mean, they could be fine in a play-in situation, but it doesn't really make you confident uh, because of how they play down to their competition. You know, they could potentially be outed before the playoffs even started, even if they finished seventh in the West standing. So, I, I don't like it at all. You know, the – the thing about the Mavericks is they're like the one team in the NBA that I can think of just off the top of my head. I'm sure there might be another one that um, has a bonafide, like top five superstar player that I have no confidence in going into any single game. Cause I, I just, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it just depends. It's a weird situation with the Mavs because if Luka's playing, then I'm confident in any game that they play. Now, he had had an off night last night. I mean, he was a big – he's not the only reason they lost. I mean, if if Luka's going to have an off night, you can't have your starting shooting guard not be able to shoot. You know, Josh Richardson, he went five of five against the Jazz on Monday, and then he turned around and went 0 of nine from the field with one point. Uh, against the Rockets on top of Luka going nine of 26 from the field. So you're not going to win any games having that. If Luka is going to have a rare off night, you can't have that compounded by any of your other starters stinking it up uh, like what happened last night. But, I mean, I'm I'm confident in any game that Luka goes into healthy uh, with this team. It's just, like I said, for whatever reason, you know, like tonight they play the Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back. And, you know, KP's likely not going to play. Should have an update there in about 45 minutes. But he's likely not going to play. But uh, if Luca plays, you know, I have – I honestly feel more confident about that than I did going into last night's game. I knew last night's game was going to be a trap game. You know, we wrote about it in our preview on DallasBasketball.com. It was going to be a trap game. And (laughs) sure enough – uh, that's what it turned into. It wasn't the blowout that we saw the last time the Rockets and Mavs played. Uh, I think it was 133 to 108, but you still got that feeling throughout the game. Like, man, they just don't have it tonight. It's not, it's not their night. And uh, that's the kind of wins you have to get if you want to avoid the play-in because they're not that far behind Portland. I think they're only two games or 2.5 games behind Portland. But when you have them losing to the Clippers, uh, the Trailblazers, they lost to the Clippers the other night you have to take advantage against teams like this and continue to make up that ground. But the way they play against teams under 500, I mean, I'm just – they are capable of getting into the top six or higher, but I don't know if they will or not. Well, this is the same thing that happened last year with the Knicks. Like, those are games that you have to win. And – we, you know, people were giving me crap earlier in the year because I was like, oh, you know, they don't have the margin for error to lose games like this. And then, you know, lo and behold, they get Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers in round one. And 
they end up losing because KP and you know KP gets hurt and the whole thing falls apart. What if that's the same case this year? I mean, you have 10 less games to make up that ground now, so your margin for error is even less. I know you're playing well, but, like, you can't afford to keep losing games like this. And what's the next one going to be? I mean, it's they're, they're, they've got this easy schedule coming up in May, but, like, what, what, at what point do you start to say, like, we have to figure out what is causing these, these issues where we play down to our competition? Like, you have to figure that out now. Or yeah. you're going to end up being the eight seed. They have at least and a half ahead of Memphis. Yeah, yeah. Memphis is hot right now. I think they've won five straight. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at the schedule, like the the past schedule last night after this happened, and the Mavs have at least five games where they just completely blew it. You know that five games that should have been W's, but they weren't. They lost to the Bulls twice. Uh, one time they thought they could sit Luca and get by, and they didn't. The second time Luca had a historic first half, and they still couldn't <laughs> beat the Bulls. You can't afford to sit Luca at for any game ever. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's what you're at, and that's not. I mean, I know Luca in a in an ideal scenario, in a perfect world, Luca could take off some games here every now and then, and the Mavs would be fine, and you could coast, and you have you know, you're a top four team in the West and you get into the playoffs and Luca's completely fresh. But until the front office goes out and does something in free agency or, you know, trade-wise around the draft this year uh, to bolster the roster, he can't afford to do that. And that's unfortunate because, in a, like I said, in a perfect world, you'd have Luca rested for the playoffs and it doesn't matter if he takes off a game every now and then, but this team just literally cannot afford for him to sit. And they've, they've punted – They've punted three games this year where Luca has sat. Uh, so, I mean, I, I just, they just can't afford it. Not if they want to get into the top six. Now, if they're content with a, a play-in situation, by all means, you know, rest him some more <laughs> in these last 20 games. But, I mean, you just – you can't afford it if you want to move up in the standings. Not with this – not with the way this current roster is constructed. But It's like um, what I said in the last podcast. Like, they approach games as if though they're – some top three, top four seed that has, you know, 10 players that they can play on, on any given night. Yet when you sit Luca or KP. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You only have seven players that you can play. I mean, maybe eight now with Melly, but like your roster is not deep enough for really ideally for either of those guys to take a night off. Now, obviously you have to do it with KP because he's a 
porcelain doll every time he gets you know elbowed in the in the ribs he sits out for 25 games but like you just you can't <laughs> afford it anymore. you just can't there's 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 no more room for Luca to sit out another game this season unless he absolutely has to with like some injury or something he just can't do it the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Yeah, and, and then now with KP, we found out after, uh, well, you know, he missed the previous game due to uh, wrist soreness. And then after the game last night, uh, when they asked him about it, he was basically just like, yeah, it's just something I'm going to have to deal with the rest of this season, and then we'll have to address it further in the offseason. So me sitting there listening to that, I'm like, oh, my God, here, he, we're, here we go. You know, another offseason surgery uh, being planned ahead for right now. And, you know, it's going to even – that's not going to ha- help trade value or anything else. But uh, just – we're going to branch off from that here, Matt. We got some questions for this pod and the KP injury stuff, you know, that's going to kind of, we can kind of relate it to this first question. We got two questions here. One from, uh, let's see, it just says Luca needs help. So (laughs) that's his screen name and it's true, but it says. That's his screen name. (laughs) Yeah, that's his screen name on Twitter. So it says, uh, is it looking like the Mavs and KP may go their separate ways in the off season with how KP is feeling uh, with the Mavs. And then the second one that's similar to that question is from uh, Andreas. It says, do you think the Luca KP issue is serious enough to consider KP gone in the summer? So similar questions there, basically the same thing. And uh, I'll defer to you here in a second, but just my quick take on it. I mean, I if they can get anything – worthwhile in 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 a package for kp and i don't know i mean i I still think there are teams out there who would love to trade for him because they don't really have anything to lose uh teams towards the bottom of the standings you know i could see a team i always thought a team like orlando would make sense uh even though they don't really have anything that i want now (laughs) they traded vooch and gordon uh to different teams but the way it's trending right now and given the smoke that's come up, you know, before this year's trade trade deadline and everything, I honestly think he's, he could be gone this summer. Uh, It's just a matter of finding the right deal. There's been a lot of smoke with golden state, uh, but unless they're willing to uh, break up their core, their core guys there, I don't know that, uh, you know, trading Andrew Wiggins and, you know, a couple of picks or something like that. I don't think that's enough for the Mavs, but what do you think? No, uh, I, it's very complicated to me because I, I don't think you can just say, well, you know, we're moving on from KP and just trade him to anybody because then you're, you're giving those first round round picks away that you traded for him for, for nothing basically. 
Yep. You're, getting, you're getting almost nothing on, on a return for this guy that you invested so much of your future into. Now, if you can get something like, you know, say the Wizards decide, oh, we want to trade Bradley Beal now, then sure. Or if you can go get like a – I consider Bradley Beal a first-tier star. I think that's fair. Yeah. If you can go get a second-tier star, um, I would probably do that too now because I'm so fed up and frustrated with every single – week there's something else with his injury problems or he's you know i mean like we saw kirk earlier today arguing with somebody on twitter about about some stuff that happened with kp in the rockets game and it's stuff like that that happens all the time it's very frustrating as well so it's not just his injuries it's it's the way he plays at times as well and you, you can't you can't have a guy who's this inconsistent in both his playing time and his um time on the floor like his his availability and his playing time on the floor. Yeah. You can't have a guy that inconsistent be your, your sole number two and, and expect to do anything in the playoffs. So if they can find a, a worthwhile package, like you said, yeah, that's fine. But I don't think it's that simple. It, yeah. There's not going to be a lot of teams who want to give up a lot for him. Yeah. And the Bradley Beal situation, I've kind of, and I, I told you and Kirk this earlier today, but uh, I, I've pretty much given up on that because I feel like, I feel like Bradley Beal is content with, you know, just mediocrity in Washington. And I know they relate it to Dirk, but Dirk didn't have the level of – of uh, what's the word? I mean, I don't even know how to say it. Like, he didn't have all these losses piled up on him like Bradley Beal does in Washington. Dirk had a lot more regular season success. It was just playoff failures up until that uh, – 2011 title so I mean yeah loyalty wise yeah I mean you can relate it to Dirk that way but it's not really the same situation I just uh I've just kind of given up on that though you know he's happy in Washington I accept that but Zach Levine is a little bit different situation because he is going to be going into the final year of his contract next season Uh, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent and they made the trade for Vooch but uh that hasn't really gone according to plan they're not it doesn't seem to have made them any better uh so they're still just you know on the outside looking in with the with the playoff situation over in the east which i mean if you're in the east and you're not even in the main playoff picture what are you doing (laughs) so and chicago is not a place that he's been his his entire career either he was traded there for minnesota so i mean i don't think he has like real deep ties to chicago uh there was some smoke uh, before this last NBA draft that the Mavs inquired about, you know, trading for Levine. So we know they're interested. Uh, it's something we've been talking about at DallasBasketball.com for, you know, what, a year and a half now. Uh, so, I mean, that's something I would be looking at. That would be, you know, one of those top-tier type trades. I considered him like a second, second-tier second star a while back. But, I mean, he's been so good this year. Uh, I think you can, you know, up him up to that that top level type of star you could trade for. Um, and then Lori Markinen, he is a uh, restricted free agent this offseason too. So, I mean, he's he's kind of a similar uh, player type to KP. Uh, he, his his potential isn't as good, obviously. You know, when KP's uh, firing on all cylinders, that's the best case scenario for the Mavs. If KP plays like, you know good KP, you know, that that's where the Mavs potential is at its highest. But what concerns me, though, and just getting back into what you were talking about, the availability and all that stuff, 
what concerns me is the consistency because when you don't get that top tier KP uh, and, you know, it's, you never know what you're going to get from him on a night to night basis. And yeah, he's averaging 20 points per game and eight rebounds per game. But the way the team plays when Luca is healthy and KP is out, there's a, there's a huge difference in like the feel of the team. Uh, you know, it feels like they like the Utah game when KP was out that last game. Like you could just feel the team having more fun. Uh, the offense was flowing better. They weren't having to go out of their way to force feed KP in the post and make sure he's getting his certain number of touches and and all that. You know, it's almost like a high maintenance type of thing to keep him happy, and you have to work to get him in a groove and keep him in a groove. And I just feel like the team has more fun playing with each other when he's out I mean what do you I mean do you see that am I the only one that sees that no you're not the only one that sees that I mean they looked looser they looked uh yeah everything looked more efficient which is which is crazy because on paper KP should fit in perfectly with the offense yeah and he has at times when he's when he's playing the way we expect him to play but it just it's just not consistent but I mean it's and this is the problem you have when you have two stars, one of which is more humble and whatever words you want to use, like Luca, and one who's a little bit more of a prima donna. And I mean, it, he may not be like super outspoken all the time, but KP is a bit of a prima donna. Yeah. And there, there I, was some very, uh, there were some very uh, passive aggressive moments in that uh, post game presser last night. <laughs> there, all, there always is with him, and you know his brother probably has something to do with it as well, who's his agent. And it's it's just it's this whole thing, and it's just like all none of them are like huge issues, but like there's all these little things with KP, and then there's the injury stuff that like you know clouds over everything, and it's just getting to a point where it's just not worth any of it anymore. Now look, given. You know, in that Houston game, the main thing he was upset about is that he wasn't involved enough in that fourth quarter. And I actually agree with him on that for that particular game. He wasn't involved as much. But the few times they tried to get him involved in the in, in the second half of that game and, you know, in the fourth quarter, he couldn't fit. You know, like Luca, he lobbed a pass. Uh, he was getting double teamed. And I think it was like six minutes left. It was a four-point game, 84 to 80. Uh, Luca got double teamed and he did one of those where he like jumps and throws the pass over both defenders to KP in the paint and, and he threw it up high around his shoulders too. But when KP caught it, he went down with it. And so, and then he tried to go back up and he got stripped. It went out of bounds and, you know, he, he didn't do anything with it. So it's stuff like that, you know, where they, they try to get him involved, but more times than not, it just turns into a wasted possession. So, you can't really blame Luca for <laughs> for second guessing. You know, should I pass to KP or is this just going to turn into a, you know, as soon as I pass it, he's just going to you know jack something up whether he's open or not, and it turns into a waste of possession. So, but I do agree that with the way he was shooting last night, he was over fifty percent from the field. I I would have liked to see him, you know, getting more involved in that fourth quarter, given how everybody else was shooting the ball. But it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a mess. Now, this is from uh, Ben. He sent us a question. It says, do you guys think the play-in is fair? Well, we kind of already asked that, too. He said, what what difference between seeds do you think 
it becomes unfair. Like 10 more wins. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we kind of already talked about this. I gave my take on it. You can give yours, Matt. But no, I mean, I totally agree with yours. It's I think it's ridiculous. That, first of all, that there even is a plan, I think, is ridiculous. I think it was a dumb rule. It waters down the regular season. I mean, well, let me say that it waters down the regular season for the teams who actually performed well enough to get into the top eight. Now, from a money perspective, I get it because you're making it to where – more games like with the Pelicans who aren't good, even though they have Zion, he's ESPN's darling. Uh, you know, you have the Pelicans that stay relevant because of this play in and you have more people watching these games that they forced all these national TV games on teams that aren't good. So that's where that's from a money perspective. It makes sense because the NBA lost a lot of money with the COVID stuff that happened with the season being delayed they're trying to make up for it somehow. Now, if they came out and said this is just temporary, you know, to make up some money that way, I would feel okay about it. But if this is here to stay, I hate it. And I already hate it, but I understand. I just don't want it to be a, a long-term thing because I can just see the Mavs staying at seventh and something just catastrophic happening in the play-in, and then they end up just not even making the playoffs. That would be just such a wasted season because of a stupid rule. Yeah, it I get it. Like all the reasons you're saying, I get it. Like it makes sense on paper, but to have four teams battling for the last two spots is beyond, like it's beyond dumb. If you want to have like the final three teams, you know, the winner of, of nine, 10 plays eight to get into the playoffs. Sure. But the seven seed, like the top seven seed should not be touched. And I would be yeah. saying this if the Mavs were the were the two seed or if they were the eleven seed, like it doesn't matter to me. I think the whole idea of four teams battling for two spots when there's that much of a disparity between some of the records is is just ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm looking at the standings here. So the Mavs, they're still in seventh. The Grizzlies, they're uh they're a game and a half behind the Mavs. And then let's see, from the Grizzlies to the Spurs, so from eight to nine, there's a two-game difference between them and then a one-game between the Spurs and the the Warriors. So it's a lot tighter uh, overall, but I'm just looking at, you know, from Golden State to Dallas, there's about a five-and-a-half-game difference right now. And it's probably going to be more than that at season's end, the way Golden State has been playing. So – that's my thing. You know, the idea that a team that's that far behind uh, the seventh seed in the West potentially being in the playoffs and that seventh seed not when they perform so much better in the regular season, I just I just hate it. I hate it. I get why they're doing it for money reasons, but I do not like it at all, and uh, I'm not going to change my mind on that. So <laughs> There's literally nothing you could, you could rationalize with me that would make me like this rule. No, I hate it. Especially, I thought at first, when it first came out, I thought the seventh seed was safe. I thought this was just going to be between the eighth seed and uh, the two seeds after that. But then Bobby Marks posted the rules for it the other day, and I was reading it, and I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, I, I hate this. Uh, but, all right, so moving on, Matt, uh, the, the Mavs are going to try to uh, bounce back on the second night of back-to-back. Uh, the Bucks, they're potentially could be without Giannis, uh, even if they are without Giannis. I mean, 
we've seen it before. It doesn't make a difference. It just depends on what kind of demeanor this Mavs team comes out with. Uh, that'll determine if they have a shot to win or not. But anyway, uh, our guy, uh, Richard Stamen, he's at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Uh, he sent us a versus Mavs all-star question for tonight because he said, uh, who's the scarier bench threat tonight against Dallas? Uh, Byron Forbes or Theonis, if I'm saying that right? Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he said uh, Thanasis, Thanasis had – a 23-point game a couple weeks ago, and I feel like he could produce similar, similarly tonight. But uh, Byron is a guy that killed Dallas when he was a spur. And my answer to this one, Matt, is simply yes. Uh, <laughs> because uh, anytime there's any kind of versus maps all-star from previous experiences, I just I – th- I think uh, Giannis's brother could become the next – uh, person in line on that list of versus Mavs all-stars tonight, uh, mainly because he's super athletic and he's high energy and the Mavs just, you know, they, they have trouble against guys like that. Uh, and then Forbes, like, like he mentioned, he's killed the Mavs in the past with the Spurs. So yes. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think both are pretty scary in my opinion. It's like kind of like Kelly Olenek going for 18 rebounds last night. Just so dumb. Uh, <laughs> You know, Kurt was saying something. He was uh, kind of bashing KP a little bit. Well, bashing might be harsh, but he was saying something about KP uh, letting O'Lennett go for that. And I was like, Kurt, I'm just going to tell you that was happening regardless. For it is written, Kelly O'Lennett is going to kill the Mavs no matter who they have at center. That was going to happen last night. They probably could have had DeAndre Jordan and Andre Drummond at the same time in there trying to rebound and Olenek still would have gone for 18. Exactly. It, it's just a matter – it's just some of these guys, they see Mavs blue in front of them and it just – their eyes light up and they go off. But uh, what do you think – who are you more worried about tonight or is there somebody else you're worried about if if even if Giannis doesn't play? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just the bench players, too, but another guy I was thinking about is uh, is Brooke Lopez because I, he hasn't really had the best season uh, compared to what he's done the last few years. But, oh, man, I, there was a game – I think it was in the bubble and then a previous game last season against the Mavs where he hit like six or seven threes, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. Uh, so I'm worried about that, but, you know, we'll see. Maxi, he missed that Houston game. He might be back tonight. We really won't know anything for another 25 minutes or so. But who knows, man? Man, maybe they'll bounce back, get another big win, and then we'll be riding a high for a little bit longer. It just it, the timing of losing to that lowly Houston team that's tanking uh, right after beating the best team in the league convincingly. You know, it was an eight-point win, but it really was more than that. They they whooped them in that game. And then turning around, losing to Houston, it was just deflating, and it's got everybody in a frenzy. And uh, KP came out and said some stuff and said about his injury. And then there was another, uh, there was another little tidbit of info that came out about uh, Golden State was trying to get him at the deadline and all that. And convenient timing, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I. I'm kind of down on KP right now. I think he, the Mavs are at their best when he's at his best, but I just uh, I'm not very confident in the consistency right now. I hope it's there for the playoffs, and I hope they make a long run. But if they don't, I think the Mavs will make some big changes this off season. I don't see him being here for the long term with the way things have gone. So, 
No, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy how the day they traded for him, we were like, oh my god, it's 21st century Nash and Dirk. This is going to be yeah. amazing. And so far, it's just been half of that. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. Lucas lived up to his part of the bargain. Uh, KP not has not. Living up to his part of the bargain. He's like, he surpassed way it. Past, like, yeah. anything that I expected that he was going to be already. And he's only in year three. Yeah. Two straight months of shooting 43% from three. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. He's, that was one of the only things he was missing in his game. And he went and worked on that in the offseason, and he started out slow this year, but he got it back on track. And we always said if he can just shoot league average from three, which is about 35%, that would be amazing. And he's like at, he's almost at 38% for the season this year. So that that's just incredible. And that's why I'm confident, you know, most not, you know, if Luke is healthy and he's on the court, I'm pretty confident with any game the Mavs play, but uh, when he has an off a rare, a rare off night like he did the other night, you can't uh, you can't have anybody else slacking up. So it's just one of those things. But anyway, guys, uh, that's going to do it for another episode of the Math Step Back podcast. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We're less than fifty less than fifty subscribers away from a thousand, and once we do that, we're going to give away two tickets to the uh, Mavs home game of one lucky subscriber's choice. So, uh, Also, we've got these awesome Math Step Back podcast T-shirts that are on the way. Uh, we're going to start selling these bad boys. So uh, I can't remember the guy's name who won our, uh, our, our, our bracket challenge uh, the other night, but as soon as they come in, we're sending him one, and uh, y'all be on the lookout for these. If you want one, we'll have them for sale. So, uh, guys, we appreciate it. Uh, we hope the Mavs win tonight, and we'll have something a little bit more positive to talk about going into the next week. But uh, unless something crazy happens, we'll see you at the first of the week next week. So y'all have a good one. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.